No, I wasn't recording that. Nobody should have heard that anyways. It's not how we want to represent fine Missouri people. What? Talking about claw hammers through the balls? listening to The Tactical Big Top with ringleader Lance Abernathy, a former LEO and founder and chief designer at Sniper Bladeworks. Join Lance, Jag and The Sideshow as we take a look at life from a tactical perspective. Check out the knives and gear at sniperbladeworks.com and on IG, YouTube and the Facebook. I'm Lance, he's Jag. Welcome to the circus. Season two of the circus. Yeah, it's what you do in the off season, Todd. I went to work. Went to work. Um, Once again, not because it's hot. I think just because we've got accustomed to being out here. We're in the grind room. It is hot. It was hot yesterday, Todd. It was hot yesterday. It was brutal in here. I had enough lather in my ass to shampoo a buffalo. That's how hot it was. That's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. And a lot of lather. Because you're hot. not a small ass guy. No. It was hot. So as I'm sitting here, I glance up and to my left, and there are some parts hanging makes off me of this. Happy. What, what, what have we got hanging up there? Well, I, I mean, I, we've talked about this in a previous episode. We said that you were probably looking at doing something like this. Did I say that? Yes, you have. You did say my, this in a previous... My name, country, and oh, camera yeah. pattern. Oh, yeah, 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 sure did. Uh, yeah, and I posted some pics on Instagram, or a pic. I, the, they didn't all look like I need to redo it. But we did an LPC and a Mamu in Rhodesian camo. For those of you that don't know what Rhodesian camo is, look it up. It's baby poop yellow, which is actually what they call it, or brown. It's pretty yellow. And then a weird blue-green color. Yes. It's fantastic. It does look pretty good. I think once we... I was kind of worried about the how dry it was. I think we're waiting for tomorrow to... Uh, scuff it a bit and right. give it a little knock more the sheen look. off and then I'm going to paint rack numbers on them oh like it came right out of like an armory exactly that'd be awesome I found uh, popsicle orange which is pretty close to sniper orange ah. it's right over there so ah, and I was able to locate my little stencils because the only stencils I had at the hardware store were giant I would have had trouble fitting those on a smash it. <laughs> so I think that'll work. And I don't know, maybe I'll jack with one later. Maybe we might play with one as a test piece. But yeah, I thought for the first time doing it, I thought they turned out pretty well. Yeah, it looks pretty neat. Um, 
So as we enter season two of the podcast, what is it that you're looking forward to doing season two? Hopefully we win the lottery tonight, Tom. That would be nice. If I won the lottery, what would you have me buy you? Um, like an island. I mean, I might buy you an island if we had enough money, but this is normal. Buy you that uh, Brightling? Yes, I would let's start there. Happy? That that we would start there. Yes, Brian and a good bottle of booze. Right, and you'd get a bonus podcast. Yeah, the, the version where we tell you how it is, like don't take your knife apart. Huh. Moving on. Um, yeah, shit like that. Right. That would be nice. Uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm with you on the backdrop for when video comes. That's something I've wanted to do for a while. So yes. That's cool that you were on board with that. You know, a little better gear, um, possibly some more structure. We'll be good. We're just a little busy trying to get ready for the couple show things we've got coming up. But it'd be fun to uh, maybe outline that a bit more. I think the thing down in Dallas is, uh, while it's not a show per se, um, it's grand opening of one of our dealers. I think that'd be pretty neat treating it as a show. Yeah, well, I'm, essentially it is a show for us. I mean, the dude wanted us to bring a $10,000 knife at one point. Um, I don't know how that would work. It wouldn't be practical at all. But... I'll strap a Rolex to it. I mean... It's a 10 grand knife. Uh, well, I mean, you could also... I mean, we can make a knife. We can absolutely make a $10,000 knife. Take a minute. Yeah, take a minute and you'd never be able to use it. But we can do it. Meteorite comes to mind. I was looking up Meteorite the other day. Yeah? You could... I was looking at it for bolsters mainly. Yes, I bol- a Meteorite bolster would be badass. And then... Meteorite bolster with some carbon fiber handles. Yeah. So here was the thought. I get the meteorite bolster. You get a little bit of meteorite. You mix it in with the blade, and then they have small slivers that were displays, like a rock or like or not that you might get like a gem or a baseball card where it's sealed. Yeah, I think I'd include one of those with it and make it kind of like a little theme. That'd be awesome. Package. Um, yeah, meteorite's cool. It is. I love the randomness of, like, the crystallization. It looks like Eddie Van Halen's guitar. It does. It does. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I am a huge Van Halen fan. That's perfect. All right, well, we'll figure out how to get... Jody might have to help us put a little bit, but we'll uh, figure out how to get some meteorite in somebody's life. Michael's worked with meteorite in the past. He probably knows. Virgin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Turner, you know, he was in town and he and Jody went to a gym show because I think he's he's doing some really nice stuff. He's really taken off. Really? Uh, I mean, he was mechanical from growing up on the farm anyhow. Right. But he and Jody linked up because I think he was doing some stone inlay and some stuff like that on some knives. So Nice. And he's friends with TJ. That's how I came across him. McManus? I mean, we need to get a hold of TK. Yeah. He's good. Uh, he got 
married yet. He's getting married. But he's good. He uh, He's getting married? Yeah. So he didn't listen to us. Not even a little bit. No. But, um... Rest in peace, TJ. He's gonna hopefully make us a few sheets. Yeah, that dude, that dude's good with the Kydex. Crush City Customs. Crush City Customs. For those of you who are listening, go check him out. He, uh, did my wallet that I used non-stop since he made it. That thing's pretty badass. And he's gonna help us when we make the, uh, the Gucci print. Oh yeah. So... Yeah, that may not be super far off. We've got that relatively dialed in. Yeah. Cool. So, we're going to have a dip of that, I think. Kydex Rob wanted some Year Pro and a couple other things dipped in that. Really? I was going to have it, uh, some material made for, like, bandanas or scars or something. Scar would be badass. And then maybe... Like a... Like... Like a schma, like a oversized scarf. That would yeah, kick like ass. The, like the long ones that were uh, that were kind of like t-shirt material that were coyote. You remember those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Soft and cool. Those right. Would be nice. You know, something in that vein. Yeah. Kind of tactical but cool. Because we are all about the tactical. It's important to be cool. It is. question or did you just start that and thought you'd see what I'd say next well I mean just go with it campaign furniture I don't even know what the fuck that is that sounds made up it's awesome so in the old days when you traveled by boat by train didn't hear noises like that in the background. Are, are there just a plethora of people here in Northtown that have small penises? Two of them may be in this room, Todd. Well, yes. I, my car don't, don't sound like don't, that. You don't hear me revving my engine now, do you? Um, Campaign furniture. But anyhow, so it was compact. They'd take it on safari. Right. And they would take it on campaigns because the British wanted to, you know, fight in style. Their officers had become accustomed to a certain level of creature comforts. So you'll have weird little desks. Um, you know, you'll see the thing like the portable bar. It sort of looks like a suitcase or a trunk. And oh, pops yeah, yeah, open. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, steamer trunks that... Like, you could actually hang clothes in them, and they pull drawers and stuff like that. I was looking at the cigar, uh, that combination thing that I have that turns into an ashtray and then holds the cutters inside that little box. Right. Campaign furniture would do things like that. Nice. And it's, it's one of the weird little rabbit holes that I find myself uh, dropping into. I, uh, I routinely find myself, especially, like... I'll, I'll find myself, okay, I need to go to sleep. Let's uh, look at some videos maybe to help me, you know, move that along. And then next thing I know, I'm in a two-hour fucking rabbit hole on fucking survival shit or right. woodworking stuff. And 
the yeah. origins of independent truck people, right? Skateboarding, and, yeah, you know, shit I don't even really care about, but I somehow now I'm fascinated. Yeah, the history of Paolo Peralta, you know, who knows what the fuck? You just you enter the porthole and you are trans, transported, you know, transported to and transfixed, and you're like, I can't turn this shit off, now. right? And next thing you know, it's three o'clock in the fucking morning. Tell us about the rabbit hole you dropped into today. Oh, yes. That is actually a very, very nice rabbit hole. I've heard that this uh, bourbon was a very good bourbon. And uh, we were seeking out, you know, you were seeking out cigars. I was seeking out booze because that's what we do. Um, at the, we we uh, balance each other out nicely there. Right. So, at the Red X in Riverside, Missouri, world famous Red X. World famous. It is. Um, they had the rabbit hole bourbon. I'd heard it was very, very good. I was like, yeah, I'm going to grab this. Never tasted it. Never even smelled it. And I have to say that the reports that I've got from people were very accurate. It is a very, very nice bourbon. Smells good. It does. It's a little sweet, which is not bad. Uh, I get a lot of vanilla notes. Um, it's not as not as stout as I usually drink. It's ninety five proof, which is not bad. Just not as stout. I'm usually in the one ten to one fifteen range. A little bit more spice, but yeah, not bad. It's a good go to. Save that. We'll ration it out for hard times. Right. Plastic bottle turkey. Tell me about your watch today, Tom. What are you wearing for a watch today? Why do you got to point that out? Why you got to ring that up? Because it's watch time. Well, Lance, I'm not wearing a watch today. Oh, I was going to make something up that you were actually worn something sort of cool, but... Well, I've talked about a cool watch today. I, I, there's a watch that I really, really want. So in your mind, you're wearing the bright one. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, this triggered the other day, um, or a thought. So we talked about the Rhodesian camo, right? And that came from the Bush Wars where they were fighting the communist or Marxist-backed forces. Right. And now we'll talk about communist Marxist-backed forces. You know who was a Rolex uh, GMT guy? Che Guevara. Really? Get that motherfucker. Ever watch or read anything about him? I mean, you see the assholes with the shirts on, right? Yeah, I know that he was... He... I believe he was a doctor. Yeah. His parents were wealthy. I mean, he just liked to fight. And, he, and when like people needed to be executed like on their own side, I think he like volunteered to do it. I think he dug it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He lived in horribly austere conditions. He went over... I mean, he was such a fucking radical that Russia had to talk to Castro to be like, tone this dude down. Right. And he got... I think he basically got tossed out of Africa. And that's how he ended up in South America. 
and they ended up buying it in Bolivia. Hmm. And I believe the CIA guy. Who gave it to him? CIA? I don't know. And I should know this and we'll find out for next time. But Castro was a Rolex guy too. Really? I mean, it's hard not to be. At least they have some taste. Well, I. speaking of, what is it that you have on your wrist today, Lance? I rescued the old man's two-tone uh, submariner. Right. And it is running like a Swiss watch. Right, you said Again. you said it was right on time. Yeah, I checked it earlier and I checked it again and it appears to be running nicely. It's And our our boys in Parkville clean that up, right? Yeah, John, Ryan, I saw Ryan this morning. Yeah. Your uh Brightling is still there by the way. Yeah. I'm man. Uh hey, just you know, side note, if anybody want to start a GoFundMe for Jags Brightling, go ahead and fill. You know, yeah, we'll see if we you can know, do that. Get on it. That yeah. Brightling is badass. We started an impoverished knife makers fund <laughs> for struggling students. I mean... And recovering law enforcement officers. There's, you know, I could wear that watch out. That's the thing with watch guys. I could wear that watch out in public and nobody would have a fucking clue what I had on my wrist. Except for it's cool. I mean, it's a good-looking watch. It is a really yes, good-looking watch. you would not know. Right? And that's kind of how I felt about the Panerai. Yeah, just another, you know, just another watch on another dude. That happens to look neat. They had a... I've never seen one of these before. They had a... It was kind of rectangular, but with some rounded edges. A Seamaster... Really? But it I mean it was it was heavy. It felt like it weighed as much as Big Orange, the Venom. It was I mean the shape is not my thing. Well, if you're gonna have but a rectangular I mean, case, case, that's gonna be the heavy. Case thickness was massive. I mean it is a massive chunk of steel. Yeah. It was kinda of cool in a weird way. Huh. And I I think that was new, or maybe he just it was just out because he was putting some I, I scrolled in there early and he was still putting some things away. Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so Shay was a GMT guy, and supposedly the CIA officer that was down there with him has that, is what I've heard. Oh. Because he was also trying to get the Bolivians not to kill him. Uh, I don't know if we wanted him or what the story was behind that. Yeah. But they, uh, they did not oblige. Obviously. Was not Shay, uh, also implicated, maybe, in a lot of uh, children's deaths. I seem I to I remember. Don't, I don't know. I mean, it could be. I need to know more about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I just know he was a hard dude. Yeah, dude was. Well, and that's why when I see people wearing that shirt, it, come on, man. Do you know history? Tell me. Tell me what. Oh, you he know was about. a horrible racist, though. Absolutely, now, that part is true. I'm, tell me what uh, you know about the guy. Yeah, so when you when you see the lefties doing that, that one kind of cracks me up because yeah, he was he was not uh, not big on the let's all just get along thing. Right. So. Well, I mean. But it's just it's in huh, impressive may not be the right word, but interesting that you know he grew up in that posh lifestyle, but was just hardcore. Yeah. 
Yeah. These folks were well off. Yes. Well, they were. They were uh, in bed with Castro, were they not? Like they were. Maybe not in bed, but they were in well, I mean, in that this, inner this was, circle. This was before Castro, though. I mean, because Shay, I think, helped him, or I don't know if they were all together at the very beginning or not. But I think they're about the same age. I mean, his folks would have been much older than them. Okay. Uh, but I know they had a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, man. So there's a fun little watch fact. Right. Uh, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. He had a GMT. I guess they didn't like it. That it looked too too Rolexy, so he just popped the bezel off of it. Um, and that sold for, I think someone sold that. Like one of the daughters or something. Probably not cheap. No. What about the uh, watches that were in the movie Navy Seal? Or Navy Seals? Do you know what watches they had in that? Absolutely not. But they were kick-ass. I I know the pagers were cool. Oh, the pagers were fucking awesome. We've already talked about, but yes. uh, I don't... That was the... uh, I don't remember the watches. The... uh, Was Luminox out then? Were they those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if they were Luminoxes, but Luminoxes were out then. Um, Which they very well could have been, because that's Luminox's claim to fame. Uh, switching gears a little bit from watches to guns, that's the first time that anybody was really introduced to the 50 cal as well. Oh, it was a sniper rifle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, Bill Paxton. Yes. And his name would be credited as that sometimes. Yeah. In the early days. Yeah. And then, uh, I believe that was one of the very, very first um, versions of a Barrett. Of a Barrett. That was Ronnie Barrett's baby. And you know we we rolled through Ronnie Barrett's area of operation on the way down the blade. I think Nick talked to them for a minute in one of his travels to the southeast. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. Uh, forget about the TV thing that you need to bring up later. Thank you. I believe that we need on our travels we should stop in and see the old Barrett place. I mean, it's on the way. It's Murfreesboro. It's right there. Yeah, we should. If we weren't always in such a hurry to get down and back, it'd be fun just to stay and then just go, like, go see Wriggle from there. Yeah. Or Santy, or both. Uh, they're not real close together. Right. You forget how big Florida is. Yeah. Well, it's long. You know, side to side, it's not too bad. North to south. It's a ways. It's a ways. Um, yeah, and yeah. 
recently uh, acquired the old uh, Remington 700 short barrel 308. How's that project coming along? It's good. It's good. I need to, uh, I have not zeroed it yet. I need to get it out and get it zeroed. And probably need to get a fucking muzzle brake for it because that thing kicks like a fucking mule. Um, my son, uh, the first one I had was, uh, he was wanting to use it to go deer hunting. I said, yeah, you can use it. I said, you need to go shoot it though. Um, not very user friendly and you're kind of light in the ass. So he took it out. I said, all right, let's zero this scope, make sure it's good. Put one round through, 100 yards. Looked up at me. I'm like, what's the matter? Back down on the scope, another round. Didn't look up, another round. Looked up at me, he goes, Dad, I think I want to shoot this. <laughs> it, it hurt. That was before I had the muzzle brake on it. The muzzle brake, muzzle brake reduced a lot of that. It did. Yeah, a can on there might help. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they weren't so expensive. I'd like to put a can on Jerry Lee. That would, uh... Jerry Lee deserves a can. He does. That would, uh, I think, just finish off that rifle perfectly. And then I need to figure out what I'm doing with that scout rifle build. I need to really just probably accept the stock that's on it and uh, go talk to Marty and get some bottom metal that's different so it'll accept magazines. Yeah. So I, uh, in one of my rabbit holes, we were talking about that earlier, uh, was going down the YouTube rabbit hole about scout rifles and came across the video saying that scout rifles are no longer viable. They're a, it's a dead thing. Nobody likes scout rifles anymore. I mean, I don't know if scout rifles were all... I mean, they would have been more viable back in the day, but they're just fucking cool. Well... And I, did, I think they serve a purpose. Well, I believe that they serve a very, very um, viable purpose now because the, the climate of things I mean the, okay so we'll go into the prepper survival stuff now the climate of things how things are going in the world today we don't know what's happening you know fuck the way things are going we could be fighting in the streets in you know a month who knows but that is the perfect fucking platform for that I magazine fed lightweight easy to maneuver you know semi long range perfect for that if somebody would make a scout rifle out of the box that was closer to making weight yeah yeah you can I, mean, I like the savage that I had that's it probably the coat but that was probably the closest one, though, isn't it? The Savage? On weight? Yeah. I think so. No? I think it was. Was, was that over nine? I can't remember. Um, I just remember it being quite heavy. Uh, but it was nice. I mean, it was a tack driver. What about the Ruger? 
Ruger's over on way two. Ruger might be a little closer. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Mossberg thing comes in at. Mm. And that one is, I mean, you can get that one with scope on it all ready to go. Or you right. could. I haven't seen one in forever, but I think they still say they make it. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I just don't get a lot of warm fuzzies from Mossberg. Yeah. I mean, shotguns, I think, generally run pretty good. But, and it might be fine. I mean, that may not be a completely educated opinion, but from the handful of things that I've heard and seen, um, I just, I don't know if I want to shell it out for that. And then I, you know, then I'd feel bad if it didn't shoot and then I sold it to somebody else. Right. Well, maybe we need to call up Jeff Cooper and say, hey, we need an out-of-the-box scout rifle that's going to work. What do you, what do you suggest? Well, okay. And no. then he's going to say the gunsight rifle, of course. No. Well, he did the thing through uh, Steyr. Yeah. That thing's weird looking, though. It is weird looking. And they're expensive. Well, and Bossert has one. Our buddy Don has one. And he says the fold-down bipod, the integrated bipod thing, is flimsy. Yeah, but I've seen where, I don't know if you and I talked about this or not, but if you pop those off, um, it makes it look not so weird. The frame really? doesn't look; it trims it up. Huh. And then they actually made one of those make weight. Really? Um, you put a nylon sling on it. You put a fixed power scope that was lighter. Huh. Um, but I think that didn't even officially make weight. Now, really? That changed the time or two. Over the well, years. I mean, that would be as as long as you can get it close. Pop those stupid ass four yeah. end things off I mean that thing's probably uh, Steyr's a good rifle that's probably yeah. a tack driver uh, I just don't want to pay for it I mean I think the oh, thing that's that, over two bills the, easy yeah I mean I think they're every bit of 15 or 16 and I think that, that you may be getting a deal on that um, the thing we're working on I think is close to making weight which is a model 7 right and if we bit the bullet and got a stock from Marty, yeah, one of those is pretty light. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that should be the the thought process on that. I don't know. We got to sit down and think about it. Maybe we need to talk to Tommy. Say, make us a fucking scout stock. Well, they make a they make one now that's carbon fiber, predominantly carbon fiber. It's maybe the one Moon helped on. Oh yeah. And it's it's pretty light, and one of them was not radically expensive, um, so that could be a thought. Carbon fiber is going to lighten it up a lot. You're going to have that rigidity, so it's going to be a good stock. Yeah. I saw a Browning A5 tactical shotgun. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, doesn't they're older in style, or you wouldn't? I don't know if you could attach any rail to it, or does it come that way? So you'd just be using sights. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I love A5, so I think yeah. that was pretty neat. Yeah, I need a, I don't have a shotgun right now, I need to get a good one. It's up my hunting. I had a uh, I had a these shotguns got a bad, bad rap, but I had a Remington 887 Nitro and they uh, I don't know just 
went to shit. I sold it before all the controversy happened with him, but I sold it to a dude. He, you know where the Inatub is on North Oak there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, the office that was above that. Right. I don't know what that office is, but he worked up there. I sold it to a guy that worked up there. 400 bucks. That was back when you could sell guns on Facebook. We have a... I think it's a Mossberg, but it looks like like a World War One or Two kind of trench gun thing. Ooh. It'll take a bayonet. Oh. Yeah, that's nice. Like wood on it's pretty cool too. Nice. Guns and watches, pretty solid segment. Then a little bourbon talk. <laughs> into this in your little musical things. Would you give me a little Mrs. Robinson by the Lemonheads? Ooh. Ooh. That That's good. a nice, nice little splice in. Cuckoo-cachoo. Yeah. Maybe it won't be a splice in, but maybe it'll be the intro music to the segment. One or the other. That would be lovely. Yeah. I'm waiting to get a... Uh, cease and desist letter from one of these bands that I've used. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. I'm amazed that our um, our old logo, we never got a cease and desist letter. Well, I think so many people have used that over yeah. time, and I'm sure none of them paid. And we actually tried to figure out who the fuck owned it. And right. Couldn't. I had some dipshit say he'd, he's like, I turned you in. Okay. And I'm like, well, cool. It's like, who'd you contact over there? Because we've been trying, and a ton of people use it when we want to give permission to use it. We actually don't want pissing anybody off. Right. It's the reason why we use it, because we're fans of the dead. Yeah. So, let me know who you got a hold of, because I want to get a hold of them. And then he didn't say, you know, he didn't respond back. Of course not. Weasel fuckwad. Keyboard where? It's not very nice, but that's how I viewed it. Well, Lance, the world is full of fucking weasel fuckwads. Yeah. He wanted to step heavy on the old internet. Anyway, getting back to music. I think it sounds like Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, you know, obviously they, if you've listened to this podcast or if you know us, you know that we're big dead fans and Bruce Hornsby set in with the dead quite a bit. Yeah. Quite, quite a bit. Um, yeah. I like him in there. 
because there's one of those keyboardists that you either like or hate. It was after the Pigpen guy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, our boy Troll. Yeah, not, not what? A, not a fan of the second guy. Really? Why? Uh, did he ever have a like legitimate reason, or he just? Oh no, he had a whole fuck. He had a whole host of reasons why he didn't like this guy. Really? Yes. Huh. Uh, and they may have been legit, and I think it's the guy that does our Dear Mister Fantasy. Oh yeah. But I like that song, so I tolerate it. Dear Mister Fantasy. Which is Steve Winwood's song. Steve Winwood. Absolutely. It's actually not Steve Winwood's blind faith, right? Well. I mean, they covered it, so it's all free game. Yeah, it's. I mean, half the country songs I like are covers. Well, how many people have covered Dear Mr. Fantasy, though? That thing has been covered hundreds of times. Blind faith is the thing, right? That's who did it originally. Yeah. Is Clapton in that? In Blind Faith? He... He's Cream. I think he's in Blind he's Faith. He's in Cream. All those guys, it's incestuous, sort of. They're all huh. in other people's bands. Well, that Dear Mr. Fantasy is an iconic song. And if you it's just don't... A, it's just a fine song. It is. It's absolutely... Every, absolutely every version that I've ever heard of it, I love. I really do. Um, if you've not heard Dear Mr. Fantasy... Go listen to it. Just Google Dear Mr. Fantasy and listen to every version that comes up. It is fantastic. And Dear Mr. Fantasy, DMF, one of our knife models. I also like Can't Find My Way Home. Yes. Blind Faith, I believe. Yes, I absolutely like that too. It's on the Fandango soundtrack. Blind Faith is... They're... uh, top-notch band. Love them a lot. I would agree. Love the Beatles. I do love the Beatles. Eh, they have some good songs. Not really a big fan of the whole band, per se. But there's some songs. I like a few songs. Name me two. Like, two mainstream songs or two non-mainstream songs? two favorite Beatles songs? My two favorite Beatles songs are Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and Hey Jude. Okay. Kind of mainstream, but not. A little on that fringes. What are you? your two favorite Beatles songs? I don't have any. Exactly. No, I like As My Guitar Gently Weeps. I do like that. And that's been covered a thousand yeah, fucking dude. times, too. The best one of that is got Jeff Lynn from the Yellow. Yes. And the Wilburys. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty. A couple other somebodies that are semi-famous, but Prince. I forgot how good a guitar player Prince is. Prince just shreds the guitar solo in this thing. Yeah, he's absolutely phenomenal. Then mid-guitar solo, he turns at the edge of the stage, falls backwards into the crowd, continues without missing a lick. They prop him back up. He finishes out the song, takes his guitar, just tosses it straight up into the air, and walks off stage, and it never comes back down. I don't. Did someone catch it? Was it on a string? Like some kind of fucking pin and teller magic act. It was, Prince was a showman. That was some good shit. Prince was a fucking unicorn when it came to being a showman, a musician. The dude was ultra talented. And maybe we shouldn't sell 
our Prince tribute gun that we were building. I never finished building it. But uh, I got an AR platform 9mm that we painted purple. And we named it Pussy Control. Hell yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, I believe that uh, My Guitar Gently Weeps was covered by, well, obviously it was covered just by Prince himself. The Prince and the Revolution, I think they covered that themselves. I forgot. I forgot. What's the rest of the Revolution up to these days? Does anybody know? I think they kind of just went their own way, Lance. <laughs> forgot about the Revolution. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I, I'm not sure about this, but I think Healy covered When My Guitar Gently Weeps as well, right? Dude from Roadhouse? Yeah, Jeff Healy. The blind dude. He died. Yeah. Uh, he may have. I, I, he, I, if he didn't, he should have, because he was a phenomenal guitar player, even though he was blind. Is that like a caveat? No. <laughs> you? uh, he was a good guitar player, but he's blind. I, did, he was. He was a fantastic guitar player. Um... What else are some of the covers that you enjoy? What's going on out there now? Just crank something else up. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on over there. Maybe we ought to check on them later, make sure they're okay. <laughs> um, I think I like the original best, but I like Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. I think that's one of the top ten songs of all time. Things haunting. It's amazing. Plus, he's a cool dude. Yeah. SWAT team leader in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Good trivia question. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Wicked Game. And I think most of the covers of that are pretty good. Um, I did listen to one the other day that was fucking stupid, though. It was done by some more modern artist she's uh, you in the back Tori Amos smells like teen spirit oh my god that witch crazy chick banging it out on the piano that's some good shit there's also a whole piano version of the Pixies where's my mind it was like on an hour and a half loop and I used to run it in the shop huh that's weird you're running a fucking song on a loop Never, never that heard is, that, that before. That is kind of a recurring theme, though, isn't it? Uh, it was good. You should find that and do a little bit of that for this. The Pixies? On the piano, though. The yeah. piano loop. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good covers out there, man. A lot of good covers. Some of the covers end up being better than the originals, actually. So, anyway, for those of you that are listening, shoot us a comment on our Facebook page. What's your favorite covers? Who are your favorite bands? Maybe I'll put them in the podcast. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will just discard your post altogether. Maybe Todd and I will start a sing-along session. You don't want that. Hey, I was in choir, dude. Many years. A fine singing voice. 
Eh. It's only been enhanced by the years of whiskey chew and cigar smoking to add true character to it. Right. Raspy, like Bonnie Raitt. Here's a good uh here's a good cover. Dave Matthews doing long black veil. Yes. It yes. almost sounds like a gospel song. Yes. Uh, so they say, normally I'm not a big fan when you change up the tempo of covers and that kind of shit, but that one is really good. I believe Dave Matthews, and I know there's probably not a lot of Dave Matthews fans out there, but I believe he's one of the most talented guys around, too. This well, point. I mean, in our group, because he's probably a whiny little leftist. Well, yeah. Except for when he dumped his sewage in the Chicago thing, and I think it hit part of a tour boat. Yeah. I love it when those liberals, like, it doesn't really apply to me, Right. Like, I'm big on all these things, these policies, as long as it doesn't apply to me. Right. It's kind of how communism works. It's good for the little people. Right. But not for me. Doesn't. Doesn't uh, affect me. No, I like Dave Matthews. Yeah. Little barefoot, barefoot guitar playing motherfucker. South African hippie. Right. With short hair. How's that well, work? Speaking of South Africa, is it fucking Shark Week, Todd? It is Shark Week. You watched any Shark Week? Um, I'm recording some stuff All to right. watch later. We may have to figure out a way to fucking sling box that down here or something. I don't. We might have to discover. We might not. This new cable system is, or whatever the fuck it is. Well, people probably don't have cable anymore. Nah, I quit cable. It's a long like a, time like ago. a rotary phone. <laughs> I started streaming shit. You know why cable's buried in the ground? Why? Because it's dead. Ha! <laughs> Because uh, I want to see some. Now, this one scares me. Piper was watching this. Yeah. The old Skinwalker Ranch with our boy Travis. I can't think of his last name right now. Yeah, I know. No, he's a bad son of a bitch. He's got In a Arizona? Cup, no, he's the dude from the South. He was on the Red oh, Rockets. yes. They brought him in for an episode or two of... Uh, where they're digging for the treasure, Oak Island. Oh, which Island. I remember seeing that as a kid. Yeah. In search of Leonard Nimoy came on after that. It's incredible. Skinwalker Ranch. That's some freaky shit, man. Well, I mean, I dig the desert, but a lot of weird shit goes on out there. Yeah. Um, but that guy, he's also his dad was part of the Apollo program. The whole family's like rocket scientists, along with being a jujitsu black belt. But he also holds studies and astrophysicist and something else. Probably got more than one PhD. Right. But he holds some security clearances and he does work for the government. And he does some of the like extraterrestrial like if we had you know there there are plans for if you had a threat for that, right? Right. I'm not saying they believe it or don't, but if it happens you don't want to get caught flat footed. Right. And you'll see him on some shows for that. But he's he's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few people that we've ran across in our professional lives that are unique. Negus. Yeah. Negus comes to mind. Uh, the fifth group boys. Which I was talking to you earlier, so my my lead, my sergeant at work, um, he knows some of the fifth group guys. Uh, I don't think he knew Justin, but Delta Dave, he was interesting. Delta Dave. I don't know how Delta Dave is doing. Bryant from uh, Chicago. He was a SF oh, the teacher. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a good dude. I don't know how you go from being SF to a teacher. Being a science teacher. But 
probably wouldn't strangle those kids. Except for they're good at that, right? I mean, that's their, their gig. I mean, it's not necessarily such a direct action thing. It can't be. Right. But they're good at talking people into shit. Yes. Well, and then I've, uh, you know, my years of teaching at the police academy, I've run across a few individuals that were interesting. You know, I had a, I can't remember the kid's name. I say kid, he was older than me at the time, but he was a, uh, he was like a, he was a bona fide Navy SEAL. He was in the SEALs and he went through the police academy. I did not know that he was a SEAL until he graduated and he had some plaque made and it had his buds class and all that all over it but um obviously he had no issues going through the police academy whatsoever i mean just exemplary in every aspect of the police academy that you could think of and you know i had it in the back of my head i don't know this guy's got some training somewhere how was his hair Always fucking short. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Well. But had the had the little mustache too, like the perfectly fucking groomed mustache. Justin sent me a meme one time, and I think he'd sent it to his brother, but it said, "Special Forces, like Navy SEALs, just more professional." <laughs> yeah, we've we've had the honor of knowing a few of the. Uh, uh, not just Navy SEALs, but just in the whole special operations community, what, you know, throughout all of the forces, all of the military. We've known a few people. Um, met a few of the Air Force, the Air Force, uh, uh, what do you call them? PJs. PJs, yeah, they were fucking awesome. There's that. There's also the combat controllers, which is a different branch of that or right. strain. And at one time, and I don't know that they have these guys anymore, but the Air Force had the dagger teams. I don't remember what dagger stood for, but it was some sort of a special ops thing. Cool, doesn't it? Yeah. It was it was D A G R dagger teams. And I don't remember what it was, but uh I remember remember our boy George Murkop? Yeah, that great big troll off of her. Yeah, he uh, he got some sort of I think he got some sort of a contract to make something for them. Oh, some he sort made of those a, weird cheese. Yeah, that were simple yet uh, very useful. Yeah, and they were partially paracord, which was kind of cool. Right, them. but they they worked really well. Yeah, they, they were, were thought out well. Yes, and uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything from him in a long time. Yeah. I'll try to look him up later. Yeah. You know, maybe for improvements of season two, maybe we ought to get a computer, Todd, and then we could look some of the shit up. Well, you know, maybe. Some people down. That was sort of nice having uh, Farmer Rob in the background fact-checking us on some things and helping out. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Really was. We, you, you know, sitting down talking like this, we know a lot of fucking people. It's just yeah, a matter well, of reconnecting with them. Yeah, years of going to shows probably helps with that. Well, and, and just from law enforcement, and military contacts. Well, and 
I, I say famous or semi-famous people, but, you know, they're not really famous as what you would think of. Like, everybody knows they're them. They're famous in our circles. They're famous in our circles. Like, like Chuck Malini. I love Chuck. I remember the very first fucking words Chuck ever said to me. They will remain ingrained in my fucking head forever. Which were? You were a fucking jarhead, weren't you? Apparently it takes one to know one. And then he fucking told me, don't ever call me Mr. Mawinney again. and then of course we met the commander Richard Machinko you know rest in peace he's not with us anymore um there's just I think he died on Christmas day I believe he did yes Dean Martin died on Christmas day I believe as well yeah and then we have a whole lot of other people in the knife community that people don't think of but that we've met that are culinary guys. Alton Brown, you know, he routinely attends the Blade Show down in Atlanta. Do you ever see him or talk to him? I've seen him and briefly talked to him, but everybody... Good eats! Right. Everybody, you know, he commands attention wherever he goes because everybody knows him. So he's got, like, a fucking huge crowd. Well, he's kind of a watch dude. Yeah, he loves watches. and wouldn't necessarily say eccentric, but a little bit. And he was in the Boondock Saints. The, what the fuck? Yeah. Alton Brown? Absolutely. As himself? Mm-hmm. Well. The first one? Yes. Get the fuck out of here. Look it up. What is, is it the Alton Brown, Alton Brown, or is it some dude named Alton Brown? No, it was Alton Brown. What was he cooking? Was he in the kitchen or some shit? No. Was he on TV in the background? No. Hang on. I'm going to guess this. Don't don't give that one away. We'll circle back to it. Um, yeah, one of the, there's someone that I never, I don't think I met her, but one of the rock star people's wife was a big knife collector right it's like Axl Rose's wife or some shit well that's not exactly who it was but it was right. something like yeah. that it was a big you know or Gene Simmons wife well you, we have pictures like, of Gene Shannon, Simmons Shannon Tweed um, it wasn't, we have pictures it was that, of Gene Simmons holding our shirt it was that level right I show um, pictures of I show that picture of Gene Simmons holding our shirt up and people are like that's not real I'm like yeah, yeah. That, was nice of him. that was absolutely real he and loves us he was an excellent bad guy and what the fuck was that show called with Tom Selleck let me tell you what he was a good bad guy and I watched the whole damn thing the other day uh, Rudger Howers wanted dead or alive Rudger Howers fuck the bonus he had the grenade in his mouth that yeah. was exciting yeah yeah, yeah. That Rutger was, Howard. That was just pure weird '80s action, kind of crappy in parts, but overall. I mean, you don't get. I mean, your quintessential action bad guy in the '80s was Rutger Howard. That dude was uh, in he was every a bad fucking guy movie. In a lot of stuff. He was. I mean, he was a good guy in this. Yeah, he was the good guy in that, but. And like maybe, and he was also in the Osterman Weekend with yes, Coach Greg T. Nielsen. And Dennis Hopper. I saw an awesome picture of Dennis Hopper with an FAL. Really? Out in the desert somewhere. Yes. Dennis, Dennis Hopper's not with us anymore, is he? No, he died a while ago. Yeah. And then uh, you have the uh, the uh, Dennis Hopper along those lines with Dennis Hopper. You have Gary Busey. 
I love Gary Busey. I still love Gary Busey. I will watch every movie Gary Busey's ever been in. Now these aren't people we know. We got a little off topic there, but yes. I would love to know Gary Busey. Oh, I'd be fun. He's crazy. He's a shithouse rat, but awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that brings us full circle to, hey, our knives have been in some shows. <laughs> we were close to getting a knife in a movie. We still should do that. Yeah, that was something those, the SF stuntmen, remember they, they came through the show last year? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't remember that guy's name, but he was quite friendly. But he actually circled back a second time and talked to us. And both times he was like, you need to get these in a movie. These are really cool. And they would, you know, they're visually appealing. And I'm like, uh, how do you do that? You know? Right. I'm a knuckle dragon SWAT guy. No clue. Right. And he's like, no, he's like, they have people that do that. Just You just got to go hire one. You know, it's like marketing, I guess, kind of thing. Maybe we um, should talk to Erica about that. Yeah, we ought to. I mean, I mentioned it to Adam, and then we just got busy with other things. Well, but the fact that he swung through twice and um, both times brought that up to me was interesting. Uh, Nick Rolf. Oh, yeah. He's Nick Rolf's famous. <laughs> yes. And good looking. And we're like, Nick put his shirt off. He likes to take his shirt off and show off his abs. Right. Along with being good looking, he's built as well. Yeah. Uh, but he's a good yeah. cat. He's a musician, and he's in some movies. Yeah. He was in something with Susan Sarandon, and he's the dude that was the Russian card player in Rounders. And he's he was in the thing with Nicolas Cage when they're on the airplane that was about. It was the Conair. bad guy in that. Yes. Yeah. The name John Malkovich. Yes, Malkovich. With them. Anyways, he's going to be in some kind of action y kind of movie, um, but a natural disaster had rolled through town and it, um, it, I think it may have jacked up part of the set, but like it killed some of the family members of oh. the people in the thing. I don't think it ever came to, came to be. But we made him. Do you remember the LPC that had the moon glow in it and some other craziness? Um, it was real high in peace. We took the blade? I don't know. I don't think it went to blade. I think we were in the process of building it. And he, you know, he was like, do you have anything cool that you want me to try and get in this movie? I'm like, how about this? And I sent him pictures of it. But yeah, it, um, you know, it had like, it may have had like a triple back bar, right? Like two side pieces and then a center of moon glow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember and that. And it may have had some Damascus on it. I just remember the thing being... Um, along with the moon glow was pretty cool it had some other shit going on right the liner may have been made out of something interesting but no the TV stuff was neat plus that came right after I mean right after I quit the sheriff's department right so I was quite pleased to see that yeah and we had some pleasant back and forth with Michael he's a really good guy yeah he was super cool to deal with um. Yeah, we uh, probably should look into doing some more of that stuff, getting our name out there, because nobody knows who we are. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, boys and girls, we're here live. Without a net. Without a net. <laughs> so we're here with the winner of the dashi. Maybe you guys remember, maybe you don't, all six of you that listen. We gave away a dashi about a month ago. Well, it's finally in the winner's hands. Joe, say hi to the boys and girls. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, sitting here admiring my new piece of gear. This is awesome. It's like a kid in a candy store found his favorite candy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of a gear whore. <laughs> I, I am. I got a, I got a basement full of nylon stuff and so, sharp stuff. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, for the listeners, just to make sure, you know, open it and close it so they know that you actually do have, you know, that we weren't just messing around. We did give a dashie away. It is a dashie. It's. It's a short sw- swing, but it's a nice swing. There you go. Mm, and a, with a nice Kydex holster to go with it. Proof of life. previously mentioned i'm sitting here with the uh, dashy winner joe for those of you listening joe and i are actually really good friends we've known each other for a day or two uh tell the listeners how we met joe uh it was a school play we were both working on and i got roped into this by some guys i played football with and I had some experience running sound because I'm, you know, a musician. But I kept that under wraps to most people at the time. And uh, but so I was running sound for this deal, and I get to know the the guys in the pit band, who are some crazy heavy metal listening to motherfuckers, and and we hit it off, and and uh, ended up sitting next to Todd through all these rehearsals and stuff, and you know, and that was how we met. Yeah. And then there was another show coming up later on. That year was it later on that year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think in the spring they did yeah. they did a talent show. The talent show, the variety show, as it was. <laughs> and uh, Joe may or may not have leaked to me that he uh, played guitar. Yeah, I was real nervous about people finding out. I thought they'd think I was weird, you know. And I just didn't tell anybody that I played guitar, and I'd been playing since I was ten, and uh, I did not. You know, the, the, there's this adage that, like, you know, if you guys learn to play guitars to get girls, and I never thought that was the case. I just wanted to play, and it was, like, my little secret. Because <laughs> I didn't want to get up and play in front of people, you know? Well, you remember what I used to say all the time, they love us for our left hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had a... Uh, party. It was a party after... Opening night. 
yes. cast party. The cast party opening night. And um, for you Midwest people out there, you probably know what Spoli is. Yes. Um, so another friend of ours and I had a... It was a cooler, wasn't it? I think so. It was a cooler full of Spoli. Yeah. And then... You know, you throw your Kool-Aid and your Everclear and cut your oranges and apples and stuff up and throw it in there and just kind of whatever you got. Yeah. And it's just a big mess. And then we went around to the cast party and other parties and sold some of it. No, that's a different story. It is? Yes. No, you're right, right. That was no, the one in this the is No, this is the story where I got you drunk and convinced you to play guitar for the variety <sighs> show. <laughs> yep. And they got me sauced. And I remember the moment, too. I mean, we were riding in Danny's truck and... That old brown piece of shit. And, yeah. and Todd's like, so you play guitar, huh? Yeah. You think you can play Sweet Child of Mine? I'm sure I can figure it out. Uh, well, we're going to put a band together for a talent show. You want to do it? I'm like, ah, fuck. It sounds like a good idea. Eventually, I sobered up. I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> one that's one of the hardest intros to play ever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, but we did well. We did. We well. did, and we did not do that song. We did not right? do that song. No. The three songs that we ended up doing that year were um, "Love and Touch and Squeezing" by Journey. Yep. Um, Everybody wants you by Billy Squire. Yeah. And Edie Burkell's uh, "What I Am." What I am. Right. Right. Yeah. And we did really well. Yeah. Yeah. And we had no. a great singer. And yes, and she still sings in a band to this day. Absolutely. And she's awesome. But our drummer got sick the night of the show. Yes. And may may have been a case of stage fright. And so luckily, the keyboard player's dad, who had been coaching us through um, the rehearsals and stuff for this, he sat in and played for us. And they probably saved the gig. Yeah, oh, absolutely he did. Because he was just like a, he was a rock. He was a very experienced guy. He wasn't nervous at all. Dennis. I was terrified. Dennis. Dennis Biederstadt. Yep. Good man, good man. Yes. He, he he definitely gave us a lot of guidance through that whole thing. So, the other Spoli story that you mentioned, I was actually in the Marine Corps. I came home on leave. Right, and right, right. Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to go around and see everybody that I hadn't seen, and I was like, well, let's, let's go around to these parties, and came up with a bright idea, said, Joe, let's make some Spoli. So, we bought a 35-gallon can trash can one of the rubbermaid plastic trash cans and i spent it was probably and this you got to remember this is in 1990 1991 ish time frame probably it was not it was it was it was 1990 because i was getting ready to go to young life camp okay next week yep and we did this and that'll come that'll play in later anyway so we went I, and, and Wendy was working at Pizza Hut, right? No, who at the grocery she store? She was at the grocery store yeah. because she hooked us up with all this. With, yes, because we were underage. Yeah, and I spent I don't know how much money. Two, we spent like two hundred, three hundred dollars. It was a lot on this. We made the thirty-five gallon can of Spoli and carried it around the back of the truck and went to several different parties that night and made our money back. Was Tommy with us in this? We met up. Tommy showed up later. He was at one of the parties. Okay. Okay. But he was not with us. Yeah. Well, at that point, he ended up riding around with us <laughs> later on. But no, he was not with us. 
Tommy is a interesting character in and of itself. And you could do a podcast series on just adventures of Tommy Spoonamore. Yes, you him. absolutely could. Yeah. So yeah, Since, and, uh, uh, so we made a buttload of fucking money. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then the trash can gets set in my front yard, and then the day a day or two later, I'm on a bus going to Young Life Camp. It's warm, go- by the way. Yes, and, it, and I'm gone for a week, and I come back, and the first thing my dad says to me is, you need to get that out of the yard, and I go out and look at it, and it's all blowed up, like like expanded, like when a gas can's t- vented too much, <laughs> needs vented, and, and I pulled that lid off there, and it about knocked me over. Well, and that uh, that uh, proved that the, that trash can had a very good seal on it. It did have a good seal on it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that the fruit that we put in there had continued fermenting, and so it had to have been increased the proof while we were gone. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but the fruit flies, too. There were fruit flies in it, too, and it was it was nasty. And so then I poured it out the yard, and I killed a big section of the grass. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, we didn't exactly live on a golf course or anything, but my dad tried to keep what little yard we had nice and this big dead spot right down the hill good times there you go so lance and i wasn't able to do story time now you got a story time and hey it didn't involve anybody dying but there were flies there were a lot of flies (laughs) i love it when a plan comes together All right, Lance, time to say goodbye to the kitties. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us here in the Tactical Big Top, and we'll talk with you again next week. Be safe. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Big Top with Lance, Jag, and the Sideshow. Please like, subscribe, and let us know what you'd like to hear more of. You can also find us on IG, YouTube, and the Facebook.